Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's go. Screaming from the sidelines is something that's a part of all of us. And that's exactly what this guy was doing in Gainesville a month ago, letting everybody know that the swamp is back. The swamp is back. The motherfucking swamp is back. He's an athlete, an influencer, a graphic designer, a social media manager for the NBA Snapchat. Basically, just a renaissance man, and he can be introduced using just one name, and that is Clifford. So, welcome to the club of sideline screamers, my friend. Man, Greg, it's good to hear from you again, brother. (laughs) Deja vu. Deja vu. So, I was fortunate to get to know Clifford during the summer of 2021 at the LA Rams training camp. We had some killer times at the Cheesecake Factory. We watched some of the best episodes of South Park. But Ooh. now you're doing some big things on the East Coast. So how have these past few months been for you? Man, it's um, to, to say it's been, it's been a whirlwind. It's just been uh, – that's just a soft way of putting it. I mean, it's just been such a turnaround just from a personal standpoint, just from a social standpoint, from just a job standpoint. It's just been just such a turnaround. And just like, what are what are the, the odds, right, of you going to the Super Bowl? The team you work for wins it, and then you leave, go to the NBA, and you get to go to the finals. It's one of those. It's it's one of those things where, I, like, to this day, I'm just kind of waiting for the joke to be over because it's one of those things. Like this, this, this just doesn't. It doesn't happen. So I've just I've just been cherishing every every moment since I've been up here in Jersey and New York and. You know, at first I was a little skeptical moving up here, but like once I got around and did some sightseeing, I was like, I think the real thing for me was going back on the East Coast. The West Coast was a dope experience, don't get me wrong, but I, I, I like I like my eight o'clock prime time games. So it, it was that it was definitely good coming uh coming back to the East and I definitely being closer to home. Yeah, for sure. Originally a Charlotte kid, so East Coast blood, and now you got to make a return, but. Got a Super Bowl along the way. Now, yeah. a lot of the public first got to know you as a football guy. You walked on to play football at the University of Florida. You helped brand, popularize their social media. And then you end up in L.A. with the Rams. So what a lot of us didn't learn for a while is that you always had a deep relationship with the game of basketball. Like, that was your first love. So how has it been just reconnecting with that side of you? It's it's honestly something that I that I always wanted to do because you know I was gone from I was literally gone from the game of basketball from 2019 to now. I I would still I would still watch games, but my attachment wasn't nearly as close as it was you know um, years ago. And so just kind of coming back into the game and and honestly being in the position that I am now, I have a resurrected love for the game which I thought would never happen. I thought, oh, you know, I always love the game, but now I love it, you know, even more. And so just kind of coming back, you know, it's one, of, it's one of those things I like call that little phase, like my college phase, you know, like my little four years of football, and then I'm like back to basketball. So it's kind of like, you know, leaving, like LeBron leaving Cleveland, going to Miami and going back to Cleveland type of thing. Not comparable at all, just the scenario. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's it's, it's it's so dope just being, uh, just being back in the game and being able to root for Roof my hornets and just root for all these other teams because one thing about it, 
when you, when you like do all this like on-site coverage and on-site content, you genuinely not only become fans of the players, but you become like fans of the teams. You know, because there was never there was never really a team that I would say I hated growing up. But like now, I'm just like more and more of a fan of these guys and these teams because it's like, yo, it's like y'all are really like dope people. Y'all could be entitled all y'all want, but like no, y'all are like showing love, showing appreciation. It's like, so yeah, I gotta reciprocate that. So, so yeah, it's been it's been a great experience, great days, our good moment. I think that's so fun that you get to have a different kind of relationship as a fan as well. I grew up rooting a lot for certain teams and having my preferences, but I feel like as I've gotten older especially now with the football season rolling around. I root a lot for coaches I like and players I want to succeed as opposed to just ride or die for one group. And it's fun when someone that you get to feel really good for has a nice success story. And so, uh, yeah, man, but you have been attracted to winning or maybe it's vice versa. I don't even know yet. But like Super Bowl run with the Rams. Now, then you went straight to the NBA playoffs and, you know, one thing was a team. The other thing was a league. I know we've talked a little bit about this before the recording, but what's it been? Uh, how's, how's the experience been different going from focused on just one team to now you're kind of on the broader scope of the whole NBA? I think now, especially like being a year in the sports business, it's definitely a lot less pressure, you know, working for a league compared to a team because if you work for a team, it's like, all eyes within the organization is glued is glued on you. So if you like make one mistake, you, you're gonna get you're gonna get wrecked for it. The thing about it with the NBA, one thing I've learned is definitely learning how to be a little more like patient, but also like you know alert at times and just like just like those like little lessons that you take away from one place to another. And and honestly, it's one of those things now where it's like when the games start, it's not nearly as stressful because you know when you work for a team. As soon as they make a basket, you got to, like, tweet or, like, you know, Melo for three or, you know, P.J. Washington or Gordon Hill or whatever the case is. With the NBA, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we get, we just get all of the best plays from that night. Try to get them up as fast as possible. It doesn't have to be in real time because the teams are always going to beat us to it. And then from there, we pretty much just, just go with the flow. Like, I've been pretty much running the handles of, you know, Snapchat shows. Uh, Snapchat, Spotlight, TikTok, and things like that. Like our our social media team is is so deep. Like it's about a good 15, 20 people on, on our team. So it's definitely a lot, you know, less less pressure. I mean, a lot less stressful. Not saying not saying that the Rams are stressful, but it's definitely one of those things where I'm a lot more comfortable. And it's one of those things too, where where it's cool because you know we're all working pretty pretty remotely for the most part. So we always like getting a little Zoom around like six thirty seven. Uh, like when the games start, and then we're for like the first few minutes before the game start, we're just talking ball, and then like sometimes we'll just send messages through because we'll have us, you know, watch certain games. I'm probably gonna watch a bunch of Hornets games this season, and then we just tell them, you know, doors and was like, all right, get that play, make sure we get that play, and then we get them all together, and you know, we just we just make magic. You get to monitor basketball as part of your job. You get to be paid to monitor a game you love. That's certainly not a bad lifestyle whatsoever. And I mean, that's great to hear that the social media team's pretty big because not only was the team with the Rams a little bit smaller, as we both know, but they were undergoing some transitions as well. So that sort of took a toll on everybody's workload, including yours, as uh, there was in that transitional phase. And so uh, would you say that 
most of the social media team was there before you since you got hired like five, six months ago? Yeah, you know, we, um, but it's crazy because we keep, we keep bringing in more people. And at first I was kind of like, man, more people. That's just like, this is too much. But honestly, thank the Lord for them. Thank you, God, for them. But yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I was one of the newer hires uh, coming in. A lot of them had been, been there during the whole season. So I came in, I came in like around April when the regular season was kind of just ending and the play-in was starting. So I came at the perfect time. And so um, I didn't go to any, any um, like regular playoff games, but during the finals, we were everywhere. So it was, it was definitely cool to kind of like, you know, wait my turn. Because they kind of, they told me like when I got there, you know, you know, you'll see a lot of your coworkers doing on-site content, which which is awesome, by the way. And it was one of those things where it's like, you know what? If I just sit back, watch, learn, and then like learn the system, then then I'll I'll be rolling. And sure enough, they were like, you want to go to the finals? I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so I uh, went to the finals, just applied what I learned, and a whole bunch of storytelling content, verticals, and we were we were rolling. I mean, we were rolling deep in content for those two weeks, and and sometimes like when you're just you're just making stuff, you just forget about them. But I can still tell you all the stuff that I made from the finals because it's just one of those experiences that you just, you never forget, <laughs> for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the finals was, obviously, personally speaking, I was very happy because yeah. of getting to watch that guy right there oh, do yeah. some incredible things. And hometown kid over here, yeah. That's right. That's your hometown guy, Stephen Curry. And, uh, when you get to watch something up close that's that special, you can't trade that for the world. It feels like you're stealing almost. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. And it, it, it was one of those things where it's like we were we were all talking in the back, and it was like, man, I was like, this is the first Celtics team that I like genuinely like. <laughs> you know, like like there's there's nothing like dirty about it. there's nothing wrong about it. Like, oh yeah, these Celtics are cool. So I personally would have been cool either way, no matter no matter who won. Obviously, I was rooting more for the hometown guy, Curry, but I was like, you know what? If the Celtics win, I'm totally fine because Al Horford is a gator. So either way for me, it was a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. I felt the same way about the Celtics where uh, until they ran into the Warriors, I didn't have much of a problem with them. Just most of the players really likable. Jalen Brown got to watch him play down at Berkeley for a year. And uh, they're they're young. They're fun. They played really good defense. And it was like – Physical, but not necessarily dirty. I think that yeah. uh, fans can overreact sometimes, but yeah. when Al Horford like landed on Curry's leg at the end of that game three and people were yeah. saying how that was dirty, I was like, no, I think that was just a really unfortunate thing. And thank yeah. goodness for the league and yeah. for the Warriors that that injury was nothing severe because otherwise <laughs> I can tell you it would not have been the same outcome. And <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, that was so much fun. But um, I think that, that fueled a fire too, because like I remember Game Four, first quarter, Curry was on fire, and then there was one moment in the first quarter, like Celtics called a timeout, and he like just like went like directly at the side, and I literally like that. I looked at everybody. I'm like, yeah, the Warriors win this game. Whether it's a nail biter, blowout, they're they're winning this game. <laughs> and sure enough, they did. I mean, that's arguably his greatest performance ever when you consider oh, yeah. his stakes, too. And, yeah. yeah, you never really see him go and attack the crowd like that and get really emotional in the middle of a game. But there was something about that night and that player that just made it historic. And, uh, I mean, just so cool that you got to be a part of that. And 
You know, recently I saw a picture of you and Tyrese Maxey right by that you posted. That's another really fun player that I'm excited about. So I guess where I'm going with that is like, what's been your favorite part of getting to be behind the scenes a little bit? Like we see what you're doing and we see the content you're putting out, but we don't always see what the day in the life of Clifford is like when you're working that NBA Snapchat. Man, I would just, as, as far as Snapchat goes, I think it's just one of those things where, because I'm very, I'm very, one thing about me now, I'm much, much, much more organized than I was in LA. So when I'm doing like Snapchat shows, like we all do it through um, the desktop. So I usually just like set up all the snaps, get them ready, all the tags, all the NBAs, all, all the prerequisites and stuff that we have to do. And, and I knock that stuff out like first thing in the morning. So when the games start later that night, it's just a matter of sending the best clips to our media editors, getting it back to us, and then we just we just we just make magic. As far as like when I'm when, I, when I'm on site, I think one of the coolest things um, about it is when you go to these venues and you're just starstruck by so many just icons. Like I never did it was game game two of the finals, and I was just you know I was getting player arrivals, and then once I was done, I was just kind of standing there editing. And the next thing, I, every time I look up, it's like somebody else. It's like Richard Jefferson, Magic Johnson, Stephen A. Smith, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Jay-Z and Blue Ivy. It was just like, like, you're just like, you don't believe it. And then that is kind of a good reminder. It's like, dang, we're at the finals, <laughs> Like, this ain't no, you know, this ain't no, you know, just regular season. This is the finals. And so it was just one of those things where you just like, you just really take a step back and be like, man, it's like, Enjoy, enjoy this moment, man. Because not, not a lot of people in this world get this opportunity. So don't abuse the power of it, but cherish it and enjoy it as much as you can, but do it the right way. So it's just one of those things where I'm still starstruck when I think about it now. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, what's next? Okay, awesome. All-star weekend. Who's going to be there? So this is one of those things that I never take for granted, and it really puts things in perspective. I should know the answer to this, but where is All-Star Weekend this year? Utah, Salt Lake City. Okay, maybe I'll find my way out there. A little, make a little sneaky move. We'll see. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be freezing, but <laughs> yeah. Did you get to talk to any of those guys that you mentioned who you just looked up and you were like, "Whoa, that's so and so." Yeah, so I talked, I talked to um Richard Jefferson a little bit. Uh, we because we were actually already uh sort of cool through uh, through TikTok because he followed me and I was like, "Oh snap, Richard Jefferson." And so, yeah, we, we were already pretty cool through TikTok. So we were just joking around. He introduced me to, you know, Kendrick and you know, Lake Andrews and things like that. But um, we were chopping it up a little bit. I actually chopped it up with Magic Johnson a little bit. And he actually, like, gave me some dab. And this is why I tell people, like, this is kudos to being, like, a 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six tall guy. Because, like, if I was just, you know, the average, you know, 6'1", six, 6'2", six, they probably would have just walked, walked right by me. But I was, like, towering over most of them. So they kind of looked at me like, with a second look, it was like, oh, snap. So I was just be like, what's up? So, yeah, it was it was one of those things, like, thank God for my height. Thank God for my height. Oh, man, standing at five foot ten, I wish I could say the same, but instead I'll just have to use these good looks and this bright pink color right here or whatever else to try to charm yeah. my way into people like Magic Johnson. That's so yeah. fun, though. Uh, man, so we got NFL. We talked NBA, but – you still hold a deep connection to your alma mater university of Florida. You've been able to go back to Gainesville a few times and 
just have a week-long experience interacting with fans, getting to go on the sidelines of games, into the locker room some. So what's that been like for you, going from a former player who walked on and was just kind of standing in the shadows a little bit, to now so many people have so much love and energy and they're so excited to see you back to campus? It's one of those things where it's like, it's a real pinch me moment to be honest with you, um, because, you know, as most know, like when you're in this day and age, when you're a walk on, as soon as you graduate, you're pretty much like long lost and forgotten. And so I was fortunate and blessed enough to, at that point, build somewhat of a social media platform during my time there. And, you, you know, I, I tell people this all the time. When I was done playing football, I thought I thought my social career was over. I thought it was like done. And people still kept finding a way and kept finding a way to show love and show appreciation through my videos. And I was like, you know what? Let me just let me get let me just keep it going and see where it takes me. Took me to an agency with Michael Raymond for Raymond's representation, who has been phenomenal. And I mean, Gator fans, whether they're 12, 18, 23, 33, 53, whatever the case is, it's one of those things where I get messages all the time on like Instagram, Twitter, and sometimes even even TikTok, and they say like, we appreciate you for you know all the laughs and like making us like laugh and put smiling up, put smiles on our faces, and I'm just like. Uh, you you can't it's one of those things you can't make it up and so when i kind of made like a little uh psa it was kind of like a minor psa that i was coming back to gainesville uh for the utah game and seeing just this whirlwind of like all of these like all of these venues and all of these events asking me like to host and like you know throw parties here throw parties there you know be on the sidelines for the game get engaged with gator fans it was one of those things where it's like I, I joke with my dad. I'm like, Dad, this is. I'm like, Dad, this is my campus now. You know what I mean? So, uh, it's one of those things where we just talk about it. But um, it's it never gets old. I swear, I say it gets older every time I go there. But it it just it just never gets old. And the thing for me is, what a lot of people don't realize is like, I grew up. I grew up a Gator fan. You know, my my dad went to Florida, and so you know, my my love for that place ain't going anywhere. If anything, it's only growing and growing because, like, nothing nothing makes me smile more in the fall than knowing that there's Gator football on, on a sunny or rainy, rain or shine Saturday because, like, those those moments you just, you just can't, you know, you can't take away. And coming back for the Utah game, it was one of those days I boom moments because my senior year was 2020, so it was like the COVID year. So... Being back in the swamp for that game was the first time where I like I like really saw the swamp for what it was since I was there, and it almost it almost brought tears to my eyes just kind of looking around. I'm like, like this this is this is what I remember. Like this is the swamp that I remember. And so, and of course we ended up winning on a damn winning interception, and it was just electricity that whole week. I took a gazillion photos. I signed a bunch of stuff, and it was just so cool just being engaged with Gator Nation. And then as soon as the game was over. And I was sitting in the alma mater with the Davis at the end when I was like, the swamp is back. Because people thought I stormed the field. And it was just like, no, no, I've been on the field the, 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 the whole game, the sidelines. And so after we saw the alma mater and just seeing the plethora of like Gator students just like, go And I just went over there and like, it's me. And I was just like, yeah. And they, and they like lost their mind. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, well, 
at least I got at least I got some sort of some sort of impact around here because on the field I was just a walk on, but to these guys I'm like a creator and entertainer, and, and that's that's all I can ask for because without my experience at Florida, I don't know I don't know if any of this would happen. So that's why I always like go back and just kind of store appreciation. I try to go back at least once a year. So yeah, my my love for Florida ain't going nowhere. I can imagine how special that all feels and. Oh, yeah. Is singing uh, Tom Petty's "I Won't Back Down" in that sea of crowd? Is that like the greatest thing ever? Chill, man. Every every single time, goosebumps. And that was probably the most light flashes I've seen, like ever. <laughs> it was crazy. That's one of my favorite artists. One of my favorite songs. And before every broadcast we did in Santa Barbara this last year. We would test the sound and make sure it was coming through okay. So we'd go to YouTube and I would always play not just that song because I didn't want to somehow get busted on copyright issues, even though we didn't have a crazy number of listeners. But I would go and search a University of Florida crowd singing that as a good way to get hyped before a sports game. And I mean, I just like that's got to be on the bucket list of things is go do it for real in person because. It's like putting all my loves together at once. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. That is just incredible. And I feel like a larger theme of what we talked about so far is not taking things for granted. And you've had some amazing experiences. But that's also not to say that there haven't been any struggles along the way. I want to pivot the conversation somewhat to how you've been really outspoken about mental health and the importance of taking the right steps to seek help and just ensure your overall well-being. So, I mean, you know, everyone goes through different things in different ways. I guess you, at least from my vantage point, have done such a great and inspiring job with how you've handled some of your challenges. So what have you learned from having to work through some of those moments? Uh... It's something, something my mom always told me when I was a kid, and it was one thing she had to kind of reiterate to me, like, you know, in challenges, you know, God might not be there when you want, but he's always on time. And it's one of those things where, you know, not to take not to take anything away from the squad I was with in L.A., but I think just being in that new environment, being in that new culture, and just kind of like seeing how certain things like transpired in the building, it was one of those things where I, for the first time in my life, I, I didn't feel to some people, not, not, not everybody, but to some people like not wanted. And some of those people just happened to be some of like the big execs, the big VPs. And it was one of those things where like, I really, it really humbled me in a sense because like I was, there were nights in LA, I mean, plenty nights in LA where I was just kind of like in my, my room by myself, kind of just figuring out like, 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 what am I going to do? Like, like, what's going to, like, am I going to stay here? Am I going to go back home? Because like my, my manuals, my depression was like in, in shambles and just being, this was the furthest I've ever been from home too. So that was like such a big challenge because, you know, as my parents are getting older, it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, if something happens to them, they're not guaranteed I'll, I'll make it there in time. That always, that always ran through my mind when I was, um, in LA, and um, I'll give I'll give a story too, kind of kind of like when I knew that like something had to change. Uh, I I kind of talked about it in a video I did not too long ago, but like the whole thing with uh, the NFC Championship game, 
and you know, usually, usually they have you know, you know, they have us like in the box or whatever, and they they had they had, you know, my coworkers there, and I was they put me somewhere somewhere else. Had no, I had no view of the game. I just see it like through a TV, and so it was one of those things where it's just like I felt like outcasted in a sense. And we ended up winning the game. But I remember telling, I remember telling my boss, I was like, I was like, I don't know, I don't know whether to be happy or pissed, pissed off right now. <laughs> you know, like I'm glad we won, but it's just like I just hated the situation that I was in and. And I remember, like, when we went down there and, like, we saw, like, a fake, everybody, everybody is, like, cheering, celebrating. Like, you know, I was, I was smiling too. I took pictures, but then, like, there was just a moment, like, in that confetti where, like, I just, like, sat down and was, like, uncontrollably crying, like, uncontrollably. Because, like, that was one of those moments where I knew I was just, like, like I don't, I don't think I'm meant to be here, in the in the long term. That was probably the longest 40 minute drive home I've ever had in my life. So it was one of those things where I, like, I had to talk to my mom. I was like, I was like, what are we, what are we gonna do? And she was like, you're gonna fight through this. And you know, whatever happens, happens. And so it was one of those things where I kind of knew like I, I didn't see myself here you know, in the long term. But you know, uh the Super Bowl happens and even more stuff happens. Uh I hate bringing it back up, but uh um it's one of those things where I, I knew that, that that something had to be different, and so when I when I left and I got the opportunity to have the NBA, it's funny because um I got notified from the NBA at my going away party, bowling party. So like we're just from bowling, having a good time, and then I get a message from the NBA, and I thought it was a joke, and it was someone that I spoke to last year about an NBA rule, but I was still in school, so it just didn't work out, and so it was just one of those things where it's just like. This is this is a sign. This is just another one of those signs. And so I, I always this is just like kind of like living proof that I like to tell people. I was like, listen, I was like, whatever you're going through, it ain't permanent. I, I, I promise it ain't permanent because like last year, like my mentals was a shambles. Like even before, before I started, like a couple of days, couple of days before, I, but before I started with the Rams, you know, I almost I almost ended everything because I was just like so there was just so much uncertainty and possible imposter syndrome was ticking in like crazy and like it was the first time in my life that i kind of like was able to openly tell my family like what was going on and so it's one of those things where i look back now and it's just like i gotta remind myself every day to say thank you because you know this this it's like it's precious and it can be taken away you know in a heartbeat so you got to cherish and embrace it as much as you can and you know i fortunately i can say that 22 has been a much better a much better turnaround than uh, than last year. Not just as like a person, but as a creator, as a family member, and just you know being you know closer to my friends, and my family. Those are that, that I keep close to me. So it's just one of those things that I like to remind people. It's like you know he might not be there when you want him, but I promise he's he's always on time. And that's that's what I like to tell people. That's really powerful to hear you finally you know come to a realization and just have the strength to open up to your family and the closest people around you. And uh, it makes knowing all that and getting to know you personally, watching what's happened to you now and how you've succeeded this year feel just extra good. I mean, I was so fortunate. And one of my favorite parts of getting to know you in LA was just seeing what a down to earth and genuine person you were 
And I got to know the real Clifford before I even was made aware of your social media presence, to be honest. And so, you know, when I was made aware of your ups and downs with mental health and everything, um, you know, we were just able to have some honest conversations and message exchanges outside of that bubble of social media and what was hopefully a safe space. And there's actually a great quote from a former Oklahoma volleyball player, Alyssa Anneking, who opened up a lot about this in 2019. And she says, feeling okay. Sorry, repeat that. She says, feeling not okay is okay, but you deserve to feel okay. And I love that message of it's not something to be ashamed of because it impacts so many people in all sorts of different ways, but you shouldn't feel like you have to suffer alone. So I certainly commend you for speaking up and I just take such genuine joy in watching you thrive now and getting to see what you're doing with the NBA and reconnect with the game that has been such a big part of your life. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course, dude. I mean, uh, that's, that's a given. So uh, back to basketball for a moment. What are you looking forward to most about this upcoming season, whether that be just basketball in general or something with your job? Games in the garden. I've never been to a game in Madison Square Garden. And I've heard the Knicks can go 0-40, 40-0. They're going to show up. And I'm just so excited because I know with the access, exclusive access that we have, I'll be able to see a whole bunch of stars down there in that front row. <laughs> so that's that's something that I'm that I'm really looking forward to. And really just seeing like more culture in the world of basketball because like I've seen culture in North Carolina, I've seen culture in Florida, a little bit in California, but I've never I've never really seen it for what it is in New York. Like they love basketball up here and being able to see that firsthand. It's only going to enhance my love for basketball even more, which, you know, it sounds crazy, but it's, it's the God honest truth. So I'm just definitely excited to go to the garden. Yeah, those culture spreads been incredible and you get to be in the heart of it all. Even internationally, it's gotten so much bigger now to a point where it's not an American phenomenon. It is a widespread everywhere phenomenon. We've had four international MVPs in a row. Yep. I think, yeah, two Jokic, two Giannis. And maybe five coming up this year. So it's just super, super fun to watch. Um, You know, I've been in the garden. I can't imagine what that would be like. But the Knicks have a chance to be a sneaky playoff team. I know they made the playoffs, had a bit of a down year last year, but they did sign Jalen Brunson and theoretically got better. So uh, they should be competitive enough to where that's a great atmosphere to go to. And I can't wait to see what they do. Um, in your opinion, who should fans be most excited to watch this year? I don't know if that pertains to a team, a player. It could be a mascot. I don't know. Man, I just, did you see? Did you see the story about the Denver Nuggets mascot? How much he was making? He was no. making, Oh man, I, I saw something. It was just a report, but I saw something. He was making like, like it was like three. Oh, I gotta look it up. But um, he was making like over a hundred k a year, which was like ten times what any other mascot makes. So he better, he better like, he better come from the ceiling. He better come from like somewhere. But um, not to be not to be biased or anything. But uh, a guy that I've always been a fan of since he was at Kentucky, Tyrese Maxey, man, 
he now he's 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 gonna be he's gonna be a problem. And now that he's got you know Harden healthy, you know Embiid obviously, and they still got you know Tobias Harris, and they got a stellar defender in PJ Tucker now. Now look out look out for Maxi because he 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 shot right during the playoffs this past season. So I'm really I'm really eager to see what he does. On our previous episode last week, a fellow betting analyst and I talked about the 76ers, and we both agreed that even though their over-under win total set at 50 and a half, we both like the over because Joel Embiid finally has a little bit of help. He's yeah. going to get some bench scoring. Somebody like Tyrese Maxey is only going to grow and get better. I think yeah. when you see somebody elevate their game the way he did in the playoffs last year, that's kind of how you know that they're for real. Yeah, a lot of young players, you've seen their coming out party happen in the playoffs, and whether they win or lose, you're like, okay, no, this guy, this guy can play for real. I remember feeling that way about young Draymond Green, Trey oh, yeah. Young, another great example, and right, the list sure. can just go on. So, yeah, no, yeah, Maxi's yeah. gonna be fun. Um, you know, we, unlike most of our other shows, we haven't really talked much about betting because kind of in this dead period between WNBA and NBA seasons, but we will end with a potential bet here. How confident would you be in betting on LaMelo ball to be an Eastern conference all-star starter? Oh, oh, uh, hmm. I don't think he'll be a starter yet. I don't think he'll be a starter yet. He very well could be because, man, that's actually that's a great question because he's going to have to take, dare I say, an even bigger role now with the Hornets, especially like with Miles Bridges being gone, that whole situation. Uh, he's going to have to take a bigger step. Can he be an all-star starter? Of course he can, but I don't think yet. Maybe down well, the line. Not a good opinion, though. Yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, I mean, I had to ask one question about your Charlotte kid. So yeah. he's he's spectacular. He got his all star oh, yeah. selection for the first time last year, but it was an injury replacement. So he's going to come in with something to prove for sure. Yeah. We'll I also it. think like a big if on whether he can get that starting nod is do we see Kyrie Irving take the court or not? Because when he shows up, oh, yeah. pretty spectacular. But that's kind of a big question mark over the past couple of years. Yeah, see that that was the first man that came to mind. I was like, mm, if Kyrie's around, probably not, because they both they're both point guards. So Yeah, and then if Trey Young does what he's doing, that yeah, might be tough. Right, yeah. But but like you said, increased role coming. So I don't yeah. know. We might see it. That's you know what? We're gonna keep tabs on that one. And as we get to future shows, we might do a little bit of place your money on certain players getting in the starting lineup. So um just thank you for making an appearance on Believe, man. I'm I'm so happy. Absolutely, man. Anytime, bro. I appreciate it. We'll definitely have you back. And like when I officially signed off on doing the show, you were seriously one of the first people I thought to bring on, knowing what you do now with the NBA. And um, you know, I I can't wait to see what you continue to do and uh everything that goes on with all your good social media videos. You gotta find this guy on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. He's everywhere. If you search Clifford, it is not hard to find. So I will just leave it at that. I mean, this week was light on betting content, but we'll be back with a lot to offer there next week, including some answers to 
the million dollar question who should i pick for mvp so don't forget to like share subscribe review follow me on twitter at greg o silver until next time keep screaming Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.